Hey, welcome right. to the second episode of Rafa and Miguel versus the Void. It was versus Miguel and Rafa Boy. the previous time, but I th- I think we should just change it every other episode for equity, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so last episode we were talking about uh, a really really deep uh, discussion about about whether you should order ramen or not. Uh, not all of our all of these episodes are going to be about that. And for the people on the stream, not all of our streams are going to be about that. You, you never know what we're going to talk about here. Oh, see, now now you mentioned the stream, so we have to give the background again. So this is a recording of a live stream um, that's on, what's it Twitch. called again? On Twitch, okay. We're live streaming us working in a video game, but at the same time we're talking and I'm recording this as a podcast. Why? Because we can. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> but yeah, um, we're just oh. here to hang out, talk about, different topics while Miguel tries to figure out this impossibly difficult game logic. If you want to see what we're working oh, no, on... I got it to work. Stream. I got invisible walls to work. Oh, wow. That's great. Hey, you want to talk about invisible walls? Oh, no. Sure. It's a touchy subject. <laughs> a lot of uh, invisible walls in our lives. Right? Yeah, lots of invisible walls. <laughs> to give a bit of context, uh, we're trying to implement invisible walls for this for this game we're working on. Yeah, because right now you could jump... Like, you could um, jump on the side of the screen which looks really weird because that's just supposed to be air. Well, you know, and there's you know, already a lot of suspension and disbelief happening in this game, so it, it really can't get that much worse. Exactly. God, are we you actually going to end up talking about video games this episode? Unthinkable. <laughs> no, you were saying something before we started recording about... Uh, what oh, were you talking about? I was talking about why, why the title of this podcast is Rafa and Miguel slash Miguel versus Rafa versus the Void. Yeah, it's because yeah, yeah. we were having this discussion on Facebook right before we decided to do that, which literally just hours ago. Um, you're saying that in the face of global pandemic, right? Like the world seems to be blowing up. You're quarantined at home. You feel so small. And it's such a scary feeling that you can't impact things, right? So uh, what Miguel told me, which inspired the name of this podcast, is that that's why you got to hold on fiercely to this seemingly small, insignificant stuff that you love doing. <laughs> So in a way, this is this is us versus the void, you know. This is us talking into space to this stream to this podcast, just trying to assert ourselves, <laughs> trying to remember these this this fleeting moment in time where we had no idea what the heck we were doing, and you know, trying to make meaning out of it. Yeah, because like, you know, honestly, I mean, last episode we were talking about like whether we we had that kind of idea where if you were gonna eat your your ramen. Like if that was all you were going to do, like take out everything else, would it affect whether you ate ramen or you ate canned goods, right? Right. But like what difference does that make? It's like small, super small. Like if there even was a difference being made, right? and that's kind of like what we were thinking about when we were talking. We were we wanted to um give it the name like versus the void because essentially there's a lot of things you're doing and you have done and will do that feel honestly insignificant, oftentimes meaningless, and. The real question is whether or not that is true, right? Yeah, is it's, that... it's funny. This ties back to our video game. <laughs> Somehow it does. Yeah, so our video game, that's kind of the concept is whether or not, um, you know, your actions actually have like any significance at all. Yeah, without spoiling greater... too much of the plot. Or maybe I will. I'm sorry in advance if I do. <laughs> a, a big premise of this is basically the character you're playing at is destined to do something. And it's kind of a cycle, so he ends up doing this thing over and over again. And basically the game only has one ending. Okay, that might be a spoiler. But yeah, our concept is the game only has one ending, but there are choices you can make along the way. And it's kind of a subversion of the traditional video game where the choices along the way impact the ending. Like you have a good, bad, neutral, secret ending. In this one, there's only one. 
And the question we're trying to pose to the people playing the game is, do the choices you make along the way still matter, even if the ending or the outcome is the same? And I think that that ties back to the real world situation we're in, right? That you're doing these things which seem small and insignificant and probably won't progress, yeah. let's say, the cure for the coronavirus. But uh -huh. do those still matter? Do these it's historical footnotes matter? It's funny you're saying that, right? Um, because on our live stream right now, um, we're getting spam. Um, in fact, our, our friend here, Ariella, mentioned that we're getting spam about we want to become famous, buy followers, primes, and viewers on adviewers.com. Oh, they're bots. Uh, they're bots in our, just our random stream. Bots sending us out. And you know what's weird is because we literally started this stream like what two hours ago, um, and there's people spamming us whether we want to become famous. And like honestly, in the grand scheme of things, does that even matter? And like why why are you spamming like uh why are these bots like randomly spamming these invisible channels? Okay, right? yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That's fascinating. Think about it. Someone took the time to program those bots. Why? Because there's someone there who's gonna click on it. Who's gonna click it? Exactly. There, there's someone there who just started. And you, you, they you started what, their stream. Yeah. And you know what they're doing? They're fighting the void. Like the the real void is is obscurity. The real void is you know being forgotten. The real void is is nothingness, right? And I mean, what, what is streaming, right? What is uh, what is this? What is podcast? What is what is creating anything at all? Like painting, um, food. It's a it's a it's a fight against entropy. It's a fight against void. The void. It, it, it's you putting a marker in the universe that said I was here. I mean, that's, right. That's something to say about graffiti, right? Like there's a common tag the like Rafa was here, Miguel was here, and in a way, it's it's sort of the all art is sort of that that it's you saying I was here, here. for a fleeting moment in time. I was here. I had this thought. I had this emotion, and I captured it. You know, I exactly. I, I actually really find it interesting because you mentioned live streaming. Live streaming is really like the pinnacle of that 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 train of thought if you think about it. Because you're, it's live first of all, right? You're you're capturing a moment in time. You're trying to make it into a shared experience with a bunch of people, and you can record it. You can play it back. I was here. And uh, that goes back to what I was trying. I was trying to like talk about earlier was that do those you know shouts I am here whether they're louder louder soft do they do they actually you know make a mark in this universe that's so vast so infinite that we can't even comprehend right we can't even comprehend it right like in say fact, this we podcast have, like, right now uh, like um, yeah. when they look at like, history books like a hundred years from now or even say 20, 50 no one we're probably not gonna show up even in the footnotes yeah and, and here uh ACDI 33 or see says like what is our legacy once we pass away right once we're like isn't that all it is right oh, what, God, what is you like know, this ties back to what Temporal was talking about about yeah. witnessing oh now we have so, to tell them who content. Temporal is yeah. okay so there's there's this philosophy professor well, who do we compare his voice to there's like a person we compare his voice to okay well, he's here, a very man. rich voice he's a very he's rich, rich voice beautiful voice he started a theater org back and he was still a college student in our school now it's one of the biggest we look up to the guy so dr temporal if you're listening to this shout out to you but yeah uh we both had the same philosophy teacher and one thing he talked about was i think it was paul record right he wrote a paper about paul record's concept of witnessing what record said is that i hope i'm not butchering the name um sorry to him again this is his impact right for being french God, I hope he is French. That sounded that would sound really bad if he wasn't French. That's that's some unintentional profiling, racial profiling there. But anyway, like I was saying, um Paul Ricoeur, right? Um he said there are basically two peaks to a human's life. 
two defining moments that bookend your existence, your birth and your death. And that's a simple enough premise, right? Like, duh, yeah. Born, you come into the world, only way in thus far, um, and death, you exit, only way out thus far. far. (laughs) Got to future-proof this uh, podcast. And what Ricoeur said is that it's so interesting that these two moments which are bookends that are so critical to defining the boundaries of our existence and us being here are things we aren't privy to. Just think about it, right? You, you don't have a memory of you being born. Like you can see right. a picture, you can watch a video. Maybe kids nowadays, they can watch a TikTok of them coming out of the womb, which is pretty disturbing, but that's a whole different Your topic. <laughs> but you never really have a lived experience that you can go back to. And the only reason you know you were ever born it's because other people witnessed it. Someone is there to take the picture, take the video, make the TikTok prior to that, tell you about that night you were born. And when you die, it's the same thing. When you're in the casket, when people go to your funeral, you don't have a lived experience of your own funeral, but people will assert that there was once a person here who lived and died and lived a wonderful life and they commemorate you because they go to the funeral and they share the memory. So basically, recurse concept, See, I'm just explaining this because I know, Miguel, you know, both of us know this very well. But for the benefit <laughs> of the audience, Ricoeur basically said, we owe so much to other people because other people witnessing the start and end of our lives is the only affirmation of our existence. And really, since we can't thank them when we're either not in this world yet or once we're gone from it, the only way to thank them properly is to spend our lives witnessing the existence of others as well. And I find that to be such a beautiful concept. It's honestly the best thing I've learned in college philosophy, uh, especially in the work I do. Background about me, I'm the outgoing president of an org. We deal with a lot of kids who are facing chronic illnesses. So I guess facing death and especially the lifespan, it's, it's a very close to home topic for me personally. God, yeah, where, it, where did we come from? <laughs> yeah, and that isn't that, how is, oh my gosh, you know, this podcast is going to become a philosophy podcast unintentionally. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry to our listeners. Yeah, we promised you laughs. Now you got philosophy. <laughs> now you got philosophy. But we were talking about art before this, right? Like the, the assertion yeah, yeah. that you're here. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'd like to go 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 a little bit into what you were saying. Like, right? That's that's exactly it, right? And like you're saying that the only proper response. Well, no, not, no, the not only. me. Paul Ricoeur said it. Uh, Paul Ricoeur, he is French. Right? Is that you know you should spend your existence witnessing other existence. But what's happening? And I think what most people are doing, which is why it, it's 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 weird because like what we think theoretically is very different from what's happening actually, is that people aren't really here witnessing the existence of others, but rather they're trying to assert their own existence, right? Right. And there's nothing right. fundamentally wrong with that, asserting your own existence. I think your implication here, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you're saying it should be more of a give and take. Right. Well, what I what I want to say actually is that Imagine if your mindset was when you were like right now with your own existence is that you're thinking instead of trying to assert your own existence onto others because in all honesty, right? If I wrote in graffiti, Miguel was here or Rafa was here and then a million years later, nobody was there to see it. It's as if I never wrote it down at all. Right. right? This is the whole tree falls in a forest. No one's there to listen. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's the thing, right? If I'm spending my life doing that and I realize that fact that a million years or a billion years later, nobody's going to be around to remember me. And um, it's, and like that's because my mindset was I'm trying to assert my own existence. I think once you realize the fact that what you're doing doesn't have any bearing, like in the in the mar- endless march of time, then you're gonna have a little bit of a problem, right? But instead, if your mindset was I'm here to witness other people, suddenly it's a little bit more enjoyable, at least for me. 
Because you're not spending your time doing something which you will eventually realize is utterly meaningless. Instead, you're in the present. When you say, I assert my existence, you're thinking too forward in the future, right? You don't care about the now. But when I say, I witness your existence, you can only witness in the present, right? You know, that's, you that's fascinating. You don't I, witness I love the, the way you respond this. Because actually, just to build on your argument a bit, if your goal is to assert yourself, to leave something behind, <laughs> that is something that's only justified at a future moment, which you won't even be there to enjoy. Yeah. But witnessing is justified in itself. The moment you've witnessed something, you've witnessed it. Yeah. So the satisfaction is saying, in the moment. The achievement is in chat, the moment. I just like to go on a tangent. Our chat is saying uh, how Athenian a philo podcast. <laughs> well, okay. First of all, this is not a philo podcast. It is not a podcast that occasionally dives into philosophical, <laughs> run by two guys who are big fans of philosophy and also video game design, which we're doing right now. But... Yes, at the moment, it's, it's a philo podcast. I hope you're enjoying. Yeah, yeah but, um, we're, we're, a little more context. We're also recording this at like 1.30 a.m. Um, yeah, these are the 1 a.m. hits. 1 a.m. hits. <laughs> but okay, I want to go back, right? Because we started talking about art, and I'm going to try to tie this back if I can. Okay, so for people who didn't um, introduce, who weren't here for the first episode, or at least the previous episode we recorded, I don't even know if we're going to release these in chronological order. Because I feel this would be a fantastic first episode. But um, we, we basically came up with this character. He's a caveman called Ugar. And we use him to oversimplify situations. So, okay, get this right. If we're looking about the origins of art, it really was just that. Because let's say when people think of early art, they think cave paintings, right? And even before the paintings, oral tradition, maybe. And if you look at oral tradition, it was an attempt to make permanent something which was impermanent right through repetition through capturing a story or a moment in time and even cave paintings because a lot of cave paintings i mean now art is a reflection of the times but it's more abstracted right but a lot of the earlier cave paintings and even hieroglyphs or these ancient artifacts they're finding now a lot of them are very historical nature they're trying to capture a certain state of being so i would say that the origin of all art is really that desire to, to mark your existence or capture that moment for which you were around in the face of this this empty void, right? Yeah. But now I want to ask you, since you, you seem to be making an assertion that a life spent with trying to witness others or witness the existence of others might be more satisfying or might be better than a life simply trying to assert yourself, how does that translate into, say, art, right? Like, how, how do you... Do you, do, How do you does that mean you just spend your whole life at the museum you know you you go up the bladders at animal crossing like here's the insect here's the art and you just watch that all day well, probably not right like i don't think our ethical recommendation here is to spend all day at the Ayala <laughs> museum <laughs> i guess it you know it's kind of strange right because the thing is when you look at art right and you're saying what we we're trying to say what we've been saying is that you know art is like an assertion of existence whether by the artist or that that or that scene or that thing that was that was created in, inside the art or that the art represents is existence or had existed, right? Right. I guess the thing is, without people trying to assert their existence, we wouldn't have art. So someone needs to be so, doing it. We can't all be selfless and just to, witness other stuff because there'd be nothing to witness. Yeah. Which maybe maybe the problem now maybe it's the it's actually the idea of like the idea of witnessing, because when you witness, you don't you don't engage. Right. Well, okay. I need to clarify that a bit more. When I say engage, like you don't actually involve yourself directly with the thing that you're witnessing, right? Right. 
No, the thing about like, let's say I say I witness your existence, Rafa. Thanks. It's different from saying as I'm involved with your existence, right? Right, because witness I, could be like a Truman Show style situation where let's say you're watching my entire life yeah. on a TV set, and I could never have met you, but you could claim to have witnessed my existence with zero yeah, impact. It's like, like, like a, let's say I'm a dad, right? I'm a dad. If I just witness my kids growing up, I'm not involved. You'd be a really bad dad. <laughs> I'd be a bad dad. Right? I would be the spawn of daddy issues. In fact, I would still be a certain... In fact, if I was a dad who just witnessed the, the existence of my children, I would actually still be exerting my existence because I would be creating daddy issues with them. <laughs> right. Asserting your existence through daddy issue. The yeah. Daddy issues. A five-step mark, course right? available on Coursera today. Right. I'm leaving my mark, unintentionally or not. Or maybe witnesses. Maybe we need to shift that a bit. No offense to uh to, what to was witnesses. <laughs> to witnesses. Uh, and and French people. Or orator, if he was French. Um, I, hope, I really hope. You know, I'm gonna look that up right now because I'm gonna. It's because, gonna like bother exactly. me. Exactly. Witness isn't isn't active, right? So it's what not, you'd be recommending is involved. an active witnessing or engagement in other people's lives. Yeah. To engage with existence, I think, makes more sense. To engage with the existence of others. Yeah. Okay, um, because on a side note, I just looked it up. Paul Ricker is French. We're good. Okay, we're good, I think. That's how it's done. I'm okay. not sure. Okay, let's, let's not try that. We might get in trouble. But he is French, just so you guys know. We didn't racially right, so, profile him based on his name. Or that he was a philosopher. <laughs> hey, they're, they're good non-French philosophers. Yeah, Hannah Arendt. I know, but a, um, a lot Hannah of them are... <laughs> Anyway... Uh, I've already lost my train of thought. What was I saying? No, you're talking about how like it's better to actively engage instead of just witnessing people's right, lives. Right. So that's the thing, right? Maybe that's that's the maybe I got it wrong, right? Maybe these maybe people are not maybe not everybody's been like asserting their existence. Maybe there have been people who have been engaging with existence, right? Because that does the same thing. That does both, right? You still assert your existence because when you engage. There's, it's impossible for you not to have left a mark on something, right? Just breathing leaves a mark on the universe, even if you don't realize it on the atomic level, right? So th- I think that's it, right? So when people make art, are they not engaging with existence, right? And when we witness, when we look at art, right, are we not engaging with it? And is it not still engaging with us back? You, you make an interesting point there, though, that in a way, the creation of this stuff is also an engagement. But then I think, okay, People are part of the universe, obviously. But I think when you say engage with the universe and engage in the existence of a person, I think those are different things. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. Like, I think it's a subset. I think, let's say, uh, engaging with other people is a subset of engaging with the universe. But it's different, yes. right? You know, squares and rectangles. Mm. Ariel says here, art is meant to be engaged with. And I think that's true. Um, people do make art, at least... A lot of people make art for for the purpose of it being experienced or engaged with by other people. Okay, but here's I mean, an interesting point. You right? made that people, people making art for like for themselves, right? Never showing it to anybody else. Yeah, and I that wanted to bring exist. that up because say okay, get this. The premise here is that art is meant to be engaged with. Vis-a-vis, if if it's not engaged with, it's not art. Well, that's an interesting question. Because right? get this right. Um, no, 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 no. I live in my own. Let's say I live in my own. <laughs> I'm a monk or something. I'm a recluse. I paint. That's my hobby. I Every day I make a painting that reflects my emotions and I store it in a vault. And one day I die. And those paintings, they decompose. No one else ever saw them. Are they art? 
I would say yes, right? Right? I would say yes too. Well, not just because I'm the monk that made them, whose name is Pugar, by the way, introducing oh. a new character <laughs> into our cinematic universe. But yeah, right? So that would be art, even though it was not engagement. Of course, then we can make the very screwy argument that you engaged with it <laughs> yourself. Yeah, is that not is that not valid, right? This you know, there's another question. There's an other need to exist for it to be art. I okay. My my gut feeling is no. Like that's what I'd say. <laughs> Just because of the example I gave. You you are you are a self, but you are also an other, right? Even yeah. if another person didn't exist, as long as another thing, there's another thing there. Bringing it back to like a very like a real life example. Like, one example I can think of is, you know how like when we were in grade school and high school, and maybe even now, well at least me now, uh, we always doodle in the margins of say your notebook, right? Like you make right. drawings there that express your emotions or your feelings about, let's say what you're learning or how you feel at that particular moment. And say no one else ever looks at your notebooks. I have plenty of notebooks for school that no one else ever looked at, right? Is what I drew right. there in the margins, is that is that an artwork? I would say... Okay, I would say yes, because it's a representation of my feelings at a particular moment that's sort of captured that moment. I think that's a working definition we have, that art is some kind of attempt to freeze a moment or experience for posterity. Right, exactly. Again, on the theme, I was here, right? Because when I go through my old notebooks, and I have done that during this quarantine, I went through my notebooks on freshman year, when I saw what I wrote in the margins and the doodles, it brought me back to that moment. Like, I was on campus again, even though I've been in quarantine for like two months now. Mm -hmm. So it worked, right? Even if it was just me. Me consuming my own work. The art art still engaged with you, right? In fact, when you, in the process of creating, let's not even think about it as like when it's a finished product, right? In the process of creating, creating anything, whether it be like an artwork, uh, a piece of music, even dance, right? Playing a sport. You're creating movement, you're creating something. In the process of that, it's still you engaging existence and existence engaging back to you, right? The thing that you're creating engages you. Because like you said, you in the process of like doodling or something like that, right? Somehow the the act the act of doing that, right? The process of making it has an effect on you. Right. Even if no one else ever sees it. Even if you burn it right after you make it. Right. And if you consider yourself when you should as another person or as an other Right. Then you're you're clearly being affected by something else. It's interesting uh, that that idea of being influenced by something you made, because the well, I guess the logical assumption or the base assumption should be, if you make something, it's under your control, right? But there's so many moments where we've been caught off guard by something you yourself made. Like for example, how you made this game, but you suck at it, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right. But <laughs> right, like example again let's say you're cleaning out your closet and you come across a drawing you made when you were five years old that depicts let's say a very personal experience for you you could be deeply moved by that drawing from you in the past in ways that you never would have planned when you made that drawing so it's almost as if it's taken on a life of its own exactly like i kind of go saying the idea like the death of the author i know in the last uh I don't know if this is chronologically going to be the second episode. In yeah, the but first in the, ep- the last one we recorded. We mentioned uh, J.K. Rowling. Uh, oh, that was off camera. Read- I don't think we mentioned that oh, we on, on the stream. So we can talk it about wasn't? J.K. Rowling now. Okay, well, off the off off recording, we were talking about, talking about J.K. Rowling, how she always read constants, right? 
Right. And that's the thing, right? And and people are having problems with that, right? Because sometimes like her well, sometimes they agree with her red cause, and sometimes they just think it's like plain strange. And that's the interesting part, right? She's the creator of her work. Arguably, she has all the luxury and right to change the work in any way she sees fit, right? But in the hearts and the minds of a lot of fans, they don't accept some of her retcons. Right. Even though it's her artwork or her work that they're um, consuming or they're reading or they're thinking about. And in its way, that, that artwork kind of, like you said, takes a life, takes like its life its own after it's been created. Or even while it's being created, right? And it, and to different people, the artwork is something else completely, right? Because something else the uh, the author never intended, or or even would have thought, right? Right. Which is strange. Like for all you know, like when uh, Da Vinci was painting the Mona Lisa, he didn't think about it, right? You were always just like, "Hi, hey, I'm painting a portrait," right? And yet, you know, how many years later, like centuries? Has it been centuries? Probably. So centuries later. Um, people are uh, people. Everybody knows about the Mona Lisa, right? Right. People, people in in countries that didn't even exist yet, know about the Mona Lisa. That's strange if you th- really think about it, right? And whatever Leonardo da Vinci thought about or intended for that painting to do, or to it's look lost like, lost on us now. It's lost on us now. Even if we read his journal, it doesn't matter, right? Because what it is to us or to whoever you are, that's your own. Yeah, actually, like I don't know if you meant this, but that. That somehow lends argument, actually. That lends uh, support, rather, to the argument you were making earlier that we should find joy or we should find purpose in witnessing something in the moment or like engaging with something in the moment. Because, right, after you put it out in the world, it's, it's on its own. It takes on a life of its own. So it's not reliable for carrying on your story anymore. Like, when I think of things in museums, like they have plates, they have bowls, ancient artifacts, right? And who knows, that bowl might have been Ugar's favorite soup bowl. But no one knows that. It's just an old bowl now, right? Even if it's enshrined right. in a museum. And let's say um, there's a beautiful exhibit of, let's say, ancient gold. I think ancient gold jewelry from the Philippines in Ayala Museum. When you look at that, it gives a bit of history, right? It's like the people worked with gold and this is what meant in their society. But you won't hear the story of the person who owned the piece, right? And what it meant to them. That's yeah, lost exactly. on people. And uh, it, here's what's here's what's weird because right? you kind of got me thinking about that, right? About like ancient bowls and stuff. Sure. At a certain point, like during your time, right? Ugar's bowl—that was his bowl. But now, yeah. like thousands of years later, it's now the bowl of an ancient culture, right? Suddenly, your bowl represents something bigger than you would have ever considered, right? Because, like, let's say going back to Leonardo's uh, Mona, Mona Lisa. Lisa. Yeah, we we know it's his, right? But it also now represents like. An entire era, Renaissance. But at the time, nobody, obviously, like during the time, you were like, oh, this is the Renaissance, right? Nobody was calling it that until way after. And, you know, bring it on a more meta level. Even this podcast, right? Like, years from now, let's see if people dig it up again. If we dig it up again, it's going in the folder of like crap people made during the 2020 coronavirus quarantine to right. stay sane, right? Exactly. So it might become more emblematic of the era or of the time than it even is of us, Rafa and Miguel. I think maybe that is the mark that's being made, right? I, I was thinking about it because, like, for example, your graffiti of Rafa was here like a million years from now, let's say, right? Nobody's there to for see For the it. record, there's no such graffiti. I respect public property. Just putting it out right, there. Could such a graffiti exist, right? And a million years later, that's the only thing left of human civilization. Oh, too bad and, for human civilization. I know, but nobody's around to see it, right? But let's say an alien nation 
an alien, not even nation, civilization, uh, spawns from the darkness. And after like millions of years of evolution, come visit Earth, right? They don't know who the individual was who made it, right? And perhaps they don't even care because it suddenly it represents an entire species, an entire planet of living things that were ex- were there asserting their existence. And maybe aside from that, and I guess when you talk about graffiti, you were engaging with it, right? The wall. Somebody built that wall. Somebody made the paint that you use, right? Somebody made the English language, a civilization, <laughs> the letters, you know, all of that. Somebody gave you the food or the energy that you needed to to make the strokes that said Rafa was here. And, and suddenly that that piece of work just represents entirety. <laughs> the dumb piece of graffiti that says Rafa was here, probably misspelled, represents the entirety, the entire history, the totality of like a. species and that's kind of weird not absurd to think about and what's really interesting with that example you gave is that the message of that piece to the aliens isn't even that even know what it means actually no yeah even if they don't understand it they'd figure out it was some kind of writing and the only thing that would tell them was there was someone here who wanted to be remembered and they wouldn't even know who it was that would ultimately be the message of the piece that someone was here something was here and they wanted people to be thinking about them even when they weren't. Exactly. And so, <laughs> and that's the little thing, right? Those are the little things. Yeah, that's why we made this podcast because we're proving that as insignificant and small we seem during the quarantine to ourselves, we were here, we talked about philosophy, and someone on stream heard about it. Maybe you. So is that like the end of the episode? Is that how it works? I don't know. Is that the is how that is that how it ends? Honestly, there's no there's no flow with this thing. Um, Thanks yeah. for listening. Thanks for listening to this. Uh, well, second recording, but this might be the first episode. I think it'd be a fantastic first episode to set the tone of. Only <laughs> listen to these guys yeah, well, if we'll you're in a particular like a, mental state. And we're gonna give people existential crisis crises like the second they. Hey, is, is that French? Like, is it French? We just know, in the end, the French were here. They left something. They left Paul Ricoeur for us.